Welcome to the Grassroots Government Podcast. I'm Avery Davidson. Joining me is Carl Wiggers, who will ask all the questions that you're thinking about. The Andy Brown, <laughs> Andy Brown, the National Affairs Coordinator for the Louisiana Farm Bureau Federation. And we have a guest today, Vincent Canatella, who is the chair of the Louisiana Farm Bureau Young Farmers and Ranchers Committee. Vincent, thanks for hanging around with a, a few schleps who just like to talk about politics and government. Oh, anything to let the traffic dissipate. Ho- ho- <laughs> yeah, Hopefully we can get you out of here before it gets worse Friday afternoon oh, craziness. We'll, we'll just hang out and go have dinner. Hey, that's, so, a good, go. that's a good excuse to stick I mean, around. Texas yeah. Day Brazil last night, right? Yeah. So you could go do Ruth's Chris or no, Louisiana Lanya. Maybe Chick-fil-A since last <laughs> night. But, uh. Understandable. But the reason why you're in Baton Rouge today is because originally there was planned for the young farmers and ranchers to make a trip up to Washington, D.C., like we do every year, meet with the congressional delegation. But restrictions just didn't make that worthwhile. So y'all had a a Zoom in here with most of the the staffers. Yeah, absolutely. You know, usually every year around this time of the year, we have a D.C. fly in with the uh, Young Former Rancher Committee, meet our delegates, you know, our congressional delegates, the senators or their staffers on the Hill. Uh, last year we had to cancel it due to COVID. This year we were pushing hard to go back and do it. It looked like we might have could have done it, but restrictions from anything and everything you want to pick. You know, we weren't sure if we were going to be able to even go on the hill and meet. Yeah. So you, you know, want to have a quality visit. We yeah, that's why you go. To go we go didn't want to just go and waste time and mainly waste resources for a trip that wasn't going to accomplish nothing. So uh, I suggested and, and talked with a bunch of committee. I said, why don't we do something in Baton Rouge? And they said, well, that sounds great. So in return, got with Andy and said, hey, can we do something in Baton Rouge's state office? You know, maybe if they're in the state, they come in and we get to meet with them over here at the office or, you know, zoom in like we've been doing for the last two years for everything. And uh, he did a great job in a matter of about nine days. I you think he put everything fingers, together. Right? Uh, he's leaving a, a key uh, component of that out is they said, oh, and can you also do it, you know, before we want to be getting in the field in a few weeks? Yeah. So we, we went to work <laughs> and... Uh, Thankfully, uh, because what we talk about on this podcast all the time, that we try to maintain those relationships from Baton Rouge to D.C., uh, we were able to, to pull off some scheduling magic. And the when we started, we were just going virtual, but thankfully, uh, we had a few members that were going to be uh, close by. And so we had Garrett Graves, uh, Congressman Graves from the 6th District here, close uh, in the Baton Rouge area and surrounding area was able to come in. And then also uh, Senator Cassidy, uh, we got to go to his office downtown, uh, which I had never even been in. It was a a beautiful office and a a great spot. So it's always good, better to meet with them in person. It was nice. uh, It was, it was a sense of normalcy, you know, and uh, I for one really missed that. The rest of our committee really missed that. You know, uh, we, we enjoy these visits when we can convey the issues we have on our farm. You know, uh, I think it might come more, mean more to them coming from us because they know we're doing this voluntarily. They know what we do for a living. It's not coming from a representative for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really listen. They want to know if they can help. They a lot of times ask for phone numbers and emails and ask us to respond to them with the issue we have to their staffer so they can help us on it. They want to follow up. They want to follow up. Absolutely. Uh, we get a lot of help. You know, I mean, they, they're all extremely willing to help yeah you know and uh it means more when you hear it come out of their mouth that hey we work for you we're here for you you need something you let us know and i think everybody probably knows that message but if you've never 
got to meet with them one on one, it's hard to grasp that concept and say, you know, yeah, they do work for me. I'm gonna call them and just pick up the phone. But uh, after you meet with them, it uh, it's a whole new sense. You know, you have a whole new outlook on it. Yeah. One of the things we talk about on this podcast a lot and just around the office is that's, I think, one of the things that makes Farm Bureau so valuable is having those opportunities to get face-to-face with these lawmakers, whether it be here on the state level or uh, congressional delegation. I think that's just the, one of the coolest things that I've I've been – I mean, I, we have a really cool job, Avery and I. Mm-hmm. Andy, you do too. Vince and I would argue you probably have the coolest job being a farmer and getting to play with tractors and cool – uh you know, get to work in your own, you know, the work. Back. Yeah. The work part. Yeah, that's, that's it's, cool. It's the but, work part you don't see. But, <laughs> but Avery and I, like we have a really cool job. We get through some cool things, but one of the coolest in my mind is getting to be in, in rooms like this and in meetings where like you're meeting with the people that are making some serious, mm-hmm. like that can really affect change. And that's really a cool thing to have the farmers that are, are affected by this policy and the policy makers in the same room. I think well, that's really cool. I, I think it's a perfect spot to highlight somebody that I wanted to speak on. Vincent's obviously well-spoken guy, and that's why he's the chairman of this committee and, and elected by his peers to do so. But the Vales, Brandon and Danielle Vale, we've mm-hmm. highlighted them. Y'all have on Twyla and other stories. But uh, to see somebody like them who came on this trip uh, three or four years ago and wouldn't make a peep in an office, and then today we're – were one of the stars of the show and yeah. just, you know, so knowledgeable. Just, I mean, and they, they not are scared to tell their personal story, you know, relate it back to, to things that have affected them. That's what it's about. Yeah. And they were even, you know, directing part of the meeting at early on meeting whenever uh, Congressman Clay Higgins came into the, the virtual meeting. They were the ones who, who greeted him. And I thought that that was great. But what I thought was even more admirable we're there talking before the meeting started about how they still have not demolished their house from Hurricane Laura because it's so badly damaged. But yet, where are they? They are here. This grassroots involvement is so important to them that they're going to leave their farm, leave their home that is still in shambles to be here. Yeah. Well, and y'all weren't there, but Senator Cassidy said to them, I've seen y'all before. I I remember you, right? And they said, yes, sir, we've visited with you before. And then uh, Rachel Duncan brought up uh, health care and and that side. Yeah, we've visited about that before. So, you know, as as Vincent was saying, they they remember us. uh, Yeah, they they remember when you speak with them. And, uh, you know, I I think you can I I take that as that they really pay attention. They really take it to heart. They want to help us. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, you know, we had a bunch of topics to cover today and. uh, the longer you're in, the, well, I'm seeing the longer I'm in farming, the more I never realized needs to be done. Mm-hmm. You know, more things that need to be done, you don't see behind the scenes. You can farm your whole life and never once be involved with Farm Bureau and be successful. But I honestly don't think you can contribute 100% of the success to yourself because of what Farm Bureau did for you. People just don't realize it. You know, uh, whether you... I don't care what industry you're in, you know, in, in ag, um, you know, labor issues, WOTUS issues, Jesus Christ, you know, the veils down there, that's a whole nother world farming down there south of Lake Charles. Water's a big issue. PC land's a big issue. You know, I'm pretty spoiled where I'm at, <laughs> you know, when, when I look at issues people like that have. Um, 
that's one thing I, I I noticed whenever we we start talking to someone like Congressman Graves, who does not serve on the Ag Committee, he but he does uh, transportation, which is a huge Ag issue, mm-hmm. you know, and it doesn't. Everyone can have they are, they all have their own lanes they kind of work in, um, but they all have some something some way. Every one of them have something that dips into agriculture, whether it's uh, obvious or not. Like we have Congressman Letlow, Congresswoman Letlow, who clearly has a big interest in ag, but they all have an interest in ag. Everything is connected. It's holistic whenever you start to look at what agriculture affects. And the reason is it's because that's how we feed everybody. That's how we clothe everybody. That's how we shelter everybody is through agriculture. So yeah, transportation touches it. Trade touches it. Food issues, uh, nutrition, absolutely. all of that, healthcare, all of that plays back into agriculture in one way or another. And that's, I think that's why we have such productive meetings with each member of our delegation. Yeah, I mean, just take uh, take Congressman Carter's district right there. They don't have much ag per se, but right there in New Orleans, Port of New Orleans, that's if you didn't have Port of New Orleans, you wouldn't have ag in this country, much less Louisiana. And then move up the river a little bit. You know, the only fertilizer plant and then the Bayer chemical plant right there making glyphosate. You know, without without what he has in his district, we wouldn't have agriculture over here in Louisiana, much less this, the country. You well, know, it it was really good to hear from him today that he said, number one, about the the education that he was given on the congressional staffer tour we did. But then he also said, which I didn't know until today, that he had met with Bayer because he has a Bayer production facility in his district, but basically said, but I want to get with y'all and see what y'all need, you know, related to Bayer and let's all get, you know, I'm going to connect to Bayer through y'all. And like, he understood that us as the farmer, you know, led organization, and that's somebody who just came to DC, who just got on, you know, the hill this year already sees the value in in what we do but i will say just for some more meat and potatoes for this uh for this pod we did see some bipartisanship today kind of naturally grassroots come about uh we vincent led the charge most of the time on uh, this discussion about vaccine mandates at the border uh with our h2 program h2a h2b um some offices were aware some weren't Brian Bro's been working that pretty uh, steady and as well as I have with crawfish processors and others, but it was kind of scattered. And today we kept the same message. Yeah. It, it message, went, message is going through, you know, and, uh, Congressman Higgins got a letter out uh, and, uh, you know, we need to, we need to find a quick solution for this. Where, what, what is the issue? Explain uh, to me. I'm kind of ignorant. Vaccine mandate for H2A workers coming into the country, which uh, take the mandate thing out the picture. The issue is some of these countries might not have access to get vaccinated. Mm. And uh, ha- and we bring a lot of new workers in on the H-2A program. There, I mean, there's a lot of returning workers in the program, but we bring in a lot of new workers. So if you have a new worker coming in and I don't know, he's somewhere in South, you know, Latin America or Mexico or wherever, South Africa, and maybe they don't have access to a vaccine or the vaccine they have access to might not be an approved one to come into the U.S. with. Right. It might be Sputnik. It might be that's AstraZeneca, right. whereas it's not Pfizer, J&J, or Moderna. And, and that's a reality of the situation. If you got Pfizer, you can go anywhere on this world. Mm-hmm. 
you know, but if you have Sputnik, ain't, there's not many countries going to let you in with that. So um, are they not letting your workers come in or is that the possibility? Or well, the- well, personally, I'm all right. My workers were vaccinated last year. They were, you know, when we asked them, they were excited to to be able to get the vaccination. You know, they, they both, they all had elderly parents who it just wasn't available for them in Mexico. So when they found out they could get it, they were ready to get it, you know? Well, and we're going to hear more. That's what I share with Senator Cassidy before we left is Louisiana's just positioned for this to be an issue for us sooner than many other states because we still have crops and, uh, you know, have aquaculture and other things that are in production right now. The lion's share of the H-2A program or H-2B may not be getting their workers right now, so they're not as concerned with the mandate that's holding up their, you know, people that, as Vincent said, mm-hmm. either aren't vaccinated, can't, don't have access to it, but there, it is a hard line in the sand. You're not, it, you know, if he wanted to vaccinate his guys that are supposed to be coming, it, that's not an option. Like, they have to be before they come in prior mm-hmm. to yeah yeah so, so say i was getting a new guy and he's not vaccinated or say i had an, a returning worker who wasn't vaccinated last year when he went home i don't know how it would get him mm. and if it's somebody i really depended on a returning worker who just i don't know didn't get vaccinated last year i'd be in a bind but you know what if there was some kind of program that we could have started to where even if they got to wait at the border to get vaccinated at the border and wait two or three weeks, whatever it is, I'd rather him be late than not come mm. if it's yeah. a dependable worker. And and it all goes back to labor. If if we didn't need them, if we didn't need H-2A labor, we wouldn't be fighting this fight. Yeah, it's, it's about need because you can't find the people here to do that work. No. And it's also seasonal work, so it's well, not like... You can't find people yeah. to do any work right now, it looks yeah. like, you know? Well, and it's it's just the narrative behind it this is a great example of the the public perception of something like a foreign guest worker program is that we're we're not treating them right that we don't want to take care of them the reason nobody will come to work on the farms because it's terrible conditions and the you know vincent doesn't want to treat you right when you come to work on his place well listen to the man he says that he wants this person to come work for him uh, he wants the guy that he's had here before that has a relationship with. He wants him to come back, uh, and he's willing to bend over backwards, you know, put his production on the line to wait if he has to to let this guy get vaccinated if he wants to. You know, we're very uh, flexible and and want to take care of the people that come to work for us in agriculture, not just sugar or grain crops you know crawfish processors mm-hmm. are, are really the first ones that saw this be an issue so the narrative there doesn't fit what we're actually seeing and that's you know it depended on the office today what where the you know how mm-hmm. educated they were on it but uh, by the end of the day we had most of the delegation ready to sign on a letter with an idea that came you know from our grassroots about let's let them come across the border uh, and give us a window. We'll go get them vaccinated. We'll find them a vaccine. We'll take a few days off of work if we have to for these guys to make sure uh, we meet the mandates. If that's what you know the government mm-hmm. says we have to do, we'll play by the rules, which yeah, is we'll already play by the, we're, we'll we'll follow the rules as long as we can get workers. This program's nothing but rules, and we that's jump right. through all these hoops. <laughs> uh, and it's but this is the problem. Every time 
the Canatellas meet the requirements, the requirements change and they add more requirements mm-hmm. on them. And at some point, you know, you, you just want to throw your hands up and you want to say enough with the rules. And that's, these are people trying to do things the right way. There's no vaccine mandate on an illegal alien that sneaks across the border. These are people that are trying to do right. Yeah, they're following the rules, but also they're spending a lot of money to make this happen. I mean, between the application process, the housing you have to provide, the it, wage rate, which wait, I mean, wage right rate now this that's, year that's is, an issue that yeah, y'all are really concerned about. Twelve forty-five an hour right now for the H two A labor rate, but there's this new adverse wage adverse formula wage going around, and uh, truck drivers or heavy trucking equipment, as they say it in the law, you would require to pay them like $20.18 an hour. And Is that just for the can, hours they're driving, or is that... No, I think you can interpret that as if they come on contract, they, they might only drive one month for you out of 10, but you're going to have to pay them those other nine months, that $20 an hour. Wow. Yeah, that's the problem is how they classify them. It's not by the day or by the hour. It's if you do this task... Any time while you're here, the then you are a truck driver. You're no longer an ag laborer. Yeah. And so you need to be paid this rate. I mean, if you applied that to any other industry, gosh, Carl would be the highest paid person at Farm Bureau because he's done everything from janitorial work up to uh, <laughs> well, or, complex math. Or a nurse that works the nights, weekends on a holiday weekend, would if that was the pay for all the time yeah. like she would love that i'm sure or he would love that so it, it's, it's an outrageous it's an outrageous ruling and i'm sure foreign bureau and some other groups are going to come to the bottom and find out what the root of this is but uh you know sugarcane industry for one in louisiana it won't operate with 20 dollars an hour labor rates yeah that's a pretty significant um, jump yeah i mean you're talking about over eight dollar an hour difference there yeah. and uh you know, that's that's a lot of money. One, I didn't sit down and put the pencil to it, but one could argue that's a large, large, large percentage of your profit. And that money is worth your time. I'm saying that in terms of what you're doing today to meet with these congressional. Oh folks. yes, yes, yeah. The, you know, I don't. If I was starting to plant corn today, I'd have still been here because this is important. What we did today is very important. And there are people probably planting corn if they didn't get much rain yesterday here in yeah, Louisiana, I've, I've which goes back few. to your point. You know, Louisiana starts early. Crawfish is kicking off. They're trying to peel. They need workers. We're ready to get in the fields as soon as it dries up now. You know, we're months ahead of other states in this country. So we see the issue before it becomes an issue. The first so we to feel it. So we have, you know, we have an advantage to try to get this fixed to let everything else in the country run smoothly. I think Congressman Higgins painted a good picture today when he visited with us about similar deal of it sounds good on paper that there's a a vaccine mandate for these people to come in. Or it sounds good on paper that if you're a truck driver, you ought to be paid more than just a, a laborer. You know, these things sound good on paper, but when you have to put them into practice, uh, Congressman Higgins example today was on disaster programs. Danielle Vail shared that during a catastrophic hurricane for her to qualify for a government assistance program for her dead cattle that she would have had to gotten a neighbor or somebody that was not affiliated with the farm to come and witness it just to come certify that this cow is dead 
and it's dead because of some hurricane related measure. So, you know, it's we're thankful, very thankful. Clay Higgins said that we're, you know, they're pushing to try to let um, some sort of Digital technology proof. fill that gap. If they need verification, okay, but we all are carrying a camera in our pocket these days. Let or me 17, I think you said. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, you know, just, and that's what's, you know, that's, this never stops. There's always somebody, some bureaucrat, as, as Captain Higgins put it, trying to write these laws that have no concept of what's happening on the farm. And so that's why we're constantly educating these people. And thankfully, we had, I would say, the vast majority today that visited with us that seemed to at least have some understanding. But as I was saying earlier, you know, a new staffer just six, eight months ago would have told you, did tell us, I know nothing about agriculture, but I'm about to start influencing policy related to agriculture. So um, we can't. This is the teachable moment. Right. Let me ask this. So I know it's still very fresh. Like this happened today, a couple hours ago. What, what was the feedback that you got from the staffers, from the the congressmen, congresswomen, staff, whatever? What, what was the feedback like from you, for you guys? I felt like it was all positive feedback, really. You know, yeah, I've uh, got an inbox full of emails thanking me and sending me follow-up questions that these staffers have from our meeting today yeah. already. So, I mean, it's hard to get a, a feel when you're doing a Zoom teleconference meeting, whatever you want to call it, with a staffer or a congressman. Uh, you know, there's no chemistry. You know, I guess that's a good word to put there. Uh, when we would get to meet them in D.C. on the Hill, you can feel their energy. You could feel some energy coming through that computer screen today, but... You know, if they're reaching out already, you know, a bunch of them said, hey, shoot us an email on that issue so we can watch for that court case coming up on WOTUS. You know, that they wanted to hear that, you yeah. know, and, and whenever they circle back around to an issue and say, make sure you get me the name of that case coming up so we can follow it. They're listening. They're they're enthusiastic. They want to help. Well, and I'll be I mean, y'all know me. I'm known for, for telling it straight. You know, they they likely tell that to every group that meets with them, that they want to follow up and that they're in tune to their issue and uh, that's what their job is to do. But what Vincent described earlier and what we see is that it's known in DC that the ag lobby and the ag influence on policy, we fight way above our weight class as far as citizens across the country, uh, dollar figures that are donated to political action committees, you name it. We're outnumbered. We're out, you know, we're outplayed on a lot of levels, but what we did today, not everybody does. Not everybody takes the time for the the up and coming generation to organize, be you know concise with their issues, what they need, have asks, and not just complain. You know, most people when we get in the elevator on Capitol Hill, they all are in matching shirts and have their pins on and have these. You know, flyers that it's look so, fancier than ours. And it's so gimmicky. It's so gimmicky as well, though. I always feel like our folks are real. That's what we get praised for. That's what I hear in my day to day and what I am able to deliver. You know, Joe and I talk about that a lot on this podcast that separates what we do. Not not us, but our organization. It separates us to be able to, to say, Vincent. It's very real. Like, matter of fact, I, I misspoke on something and 
Senator Cassie corrected me on it, did he not? <laughs> well, I, but then you had me there to back you up that actually you were correct. So we, you know, that's that's why but we're he was a team. Attention. Yeah, and that's why you know we we do this 365 days a year because if yeah. we don't, there's somebody else with their gimmicky uh, suits on going to tell a different story. And something Vincent touched on a little while ago about how. You can be successful in agriculture and not be involved in Farm Bureau. As Jim Monroe used to say, those people are getting a free ride because they're not paying that membership. They're not involved. They're, they don't, they're not putting their skin in the game. But you do. The members of the wife and our committee do. You can get as much out of it as you want to get out of it, or you can get as little out of this as you want to get out of it. But how much That's my motto. But you put in a fair amount. Why do you put in so much for this, Vincent? If I'm not doing it, who is going to do it? Now, I say that I have a wonderful committee who all put forth the same effort or more effort than I do. I was lucky enough, I guess, to be in this position for this year to be chairman. We have a lot of young people coming up that are enthusiastic, and I know they will be great leaders. And, uh, you know, COVID was a hard time. You know, a lot of people just forgot what the way, forgot how life was, you know, what we need to do. I had years of experience being on here and I'm, you know, I guess for lack of a better term, I want to try to get it back to normal. I want to see our membership come back up. Man, when I was young and I got involved, we'd have a hundred people at a, at a conference or leadership. You know, we struggle to get over 50 nowadays. You know, we need to get our young farmers back because, uh, I mean, frankly, we need leaders. We need leaders at every age group, every generation. I mean, we can't depend on our fathers or our grandfathers to do everything. Who's going to do it when they're gone? You know, and it just, I don't know, for some reason I'm motivated to do it. Uh, you know, it, it, it takes a lot, you know, but our job we do, you know, being a farmer takes a lot. You know, if you're going to be successful – Something else in your life is going to be ignored. I, for one, can say a lot of times it's my wife and child. But, I mean, you know, I'll have time. I'll make it up, you know. But there's issues. If I want to stay farming and be successful and make a living and possibly have a farm to pass on to my son, if we have more children, you know, somebody needs to be laying the, laying the bricks for this foundation. And there's a lot of good people came ahead of us that laid a great foundation. We don't need a weak we don't need a, a weak, you know, wall going up before the roof gets put on. So, uh, well, and we, there's no better feeling for me than to hear that kind of message. And I, I gave them a sales pitch the day before they left. Like I always like to do that. You know, we're not going to, we have, we have the opportunities here and are going to continue to provide those opportunities for leaders like yourself. Um, but we need those those other ones to come on, and not just young farmers. If if you if you missed out on the wife and R category, and you want to be involved, go to a another way. <laughs> that just this week we had. Uh, I guess this would would be a good kind of topic to wrap up with to bring this grassroots even more local. Uh, in Vincent's parish, we had a, a police jury issue. You know, a local government mm -hmm. issue that very quickly Farm Bureau the leaders the the member leaders were able to organize, bring to our attention, um, and and work, you know, through yeah. our channels to prevent some very harmful uh, ordinances from being put 
you know, in that area in, in St. Landry well, Parish. That, that goes all the way back to just parish level form bureau. You know, mm-hmm. the parish form bureau, St. Landry Parish, we reached out and we said, hey, you know, let's talk about this. Nobody in agriculture is aware of an issue. You know, yeah, this was the ordinance you know, about this is, farm equipment where's this being operated on yeah, the roads. Where's this ordinance coming from? Let's talk. And our parish government was more than willing to come and meet with us. And they said, absolutely, we are more than willing to work with y'all. Let's come up with something we can agree on that's, you know, Let's let's distinguish what the problem is, and we're all for solving a problem if we're doing something wrong. And they were extremely cooperative. You know, they pulled the ordinance off the agenda. They're coming back. We're going to, you know, we're going to work with them. They're going to work with us, whichever way you want to go with it. Pro- I, the way I look at it, it was, it was a complete success. Problem not completely solved yet because we don't have something written. But, uh, you know, just, that's parish level. It didn't, you know, necessarily take state you know, state level form bureau or other politicians, you know, our local parish form bureau board, we got ahead of this and we got cooperation. And, and I'm, I'm going to say it again. I mean, the, the parish government is, uh, they were, they were extremely willing to listen and they, you know, they made us aware of the issues and we're like, well, look, we can fix this. We, we don't need to do what y'all are presenting. We can do this way easier. And, uh, you know, I'm a compliment again. It was a pleasure working with them to get ahead of this. That's cool. And one of the things that's really great about Farm Bureau is, say that didn't have such a successful outcome, that kind of thing can get elevated. And and we can we have a lot of resources, a lot of manpower, a lot of a lot of a lot more of the grassroots that can come together to. Well, to that's work why on that's why like Farm that. Bureau's here. Mm-hmm. You know, say this was say it was a, a whole nother avenue of issues with ag for the parish and we couldn't reach an understanding with them. You know, if it's going to make, if it's going to make your job hard being a farmer and it's something that you feel shouldn't be there, you know, Louisiana Farm Bureau is here to, to help, you know, they're the muscle. We oh, didn't no. need it. We, we, everything, everything went great. We didn't need to do any of that, but I mean, I mean you know, the- parish wise, we, we found a solution, but it's nice to know if we wouldn't have, we oh, yeah, had more we were, resources. We were dusting off our right to farm books and uh, <laughs> gearing up. I was kind of, you know, rolling my shoulders a little bit. Moon. Like, oh, yeah, and bring it on, baby. Playing we, you, thankfully, we, we didn't want to have to pick a fight. And old Big Joe, he's not here with us today, but he was ready to. So we. Uh, yeah, we it would, was it was really nice to have phone calls coming in from, you know, especially Joe going, what do you need? You need anything? It's like, no, I, th- I think we all right. You know, but he's like, well, you need something. You let me know. <laughs> and, you know. You know, you if you're about, not at the table, you're on the menu. You remember that. <laughs> and you so. talked about the power of Farm Bureau. You know, the power of the Farm, of farm Bureau is is the grassroots. It's the fact that we have engaged members who go out and vote, who take part and and like I said earlier, put skin in the game when it comes to any kind of policy, be it on the the local, state. Or national levels, and when when you call up your parish councilman, they know that it's not just Vincent Canatella talking right there. That it is every voting constituent they have who's involved in agriculture in that parish. Yeah, and you know, a lot of it's education. You got to go yeah. back to that. You know, I think if they knew, if maybe more of them were aware of Farm Bureau, they probably would have brought this to us ahead of time. Mm-hmm. You know, the issue. So uh, I think now going forward in the future, if they have any issues, they're going to come to us. And say, they hey, probably we, will now. We have an issue with ag. You know, let's solve it. And, uh, you know, I, 
education, reaching out, you know, things like this, Twyla, you know, I can't tell you how many people say, hey, man, I saw you on at six o'clock the other morning on <laughs> Sunday morning on TV. And you didn't ask them why they were awake. I mean, it's a weekend. Come That's on. normal, man. Sunday, six o'clock. <laughs> you got to be careful bragging on Twyla. You can brag on me in the day we had today. You yeah. start bragging on Twyla. These two get all oh. uh, teary eyed. Hey, man, and- Twyla's on XM radio. I got every Thursday afternoon. That. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten uh, text messages with pictures of of or videos of my, myself on there. I'm like, I didn't know I was on XM. Yeah. Who knew? And you know, if you want to hear more about what we do on Twyla, be sure to tune into the <laughs> Twyla After Show podcast, which is found anywhere you listen to podcasts, just like this one. Listen, I, I really appreciate y'all taking the time. I know Vincent, you've got to get back uh, to St. Landry Parish. Uh, I'll, I'm going to let you have the final word here. What was your one takeaway from today that you think that anyone who's listening to this really needs to know? No pressure. That's a big thing. Yeah, I know. I didn't have any time <laughs> to think on that one. The one thing, uh, if your job or career has something to do with agriculture, you need to be involved with Farm Bureau. One way or another, Farm Bureau is going to affect your livelihood if you are involved in agriculture. And I don't care if it's if you're growing vegetables and selling them at the farmer's market or if you're, a, I don't know, a banker that does crop loans. You know, if if you have anything to do with agriculture, you need to be involved, even if it's just being a member to where you can get the newsletter or you can, you know, you, you can be briefed on issues going on in, in our state. Things you need to be aware of. You just need to be you just need to be a member. You know, you can do as much as you want. You can do as little as you want. If you're, I don't know how many people are going to listen to this, but if I piqued anybody's curiosity, I don't care what parish you're in. Pick up the phone book or Google it nowadays and look for your parish form bureau. And you make a phone call and say, hey, I want to get involved. When do y'all have a parish meeting for the Federation? And, you know, find the information and go. Introduce yourself if you don't know anybody. You know, we get new people, wife and all, we get new people all the time who thought Foreign Bureau was nothing but insurance. Mm-hmm. So, Well, we have this little capability to put some show notes that Carl always wants links for. So, Carl, we have on our website how to be a member, what your uh, parish office number is, and so we'll put that in the show notes. But we're we're going to be coming back with, with a lot of these issues that we discussed today. I know it was mostly uh, a lot of feel-good stuff and just organizational stuff, but we'll we'll come back and talk more about uh, these vaccine mandates, how they're affecting us, what outcome we get from what we uh, visited on today with this delegation. I know Joe's got plenty coming up uh, mm-hmm. with a session looming and wrapping up a redistricting session. So plenty more to come. But as Vincent said, I, I need you. I need you. to. I needed all 11 of them today. I begged them to not uh, leave me hanging on this because once we do this kind of thing, you, you can't stop because mm-hmm. if you do, they're going to go start listening to somebody else. So. Yeah, that's, that is what we call a call to action there. Mm. Become a member today. In the business, we call that a call to action. Mm. So please follow that call to action. Click the link that Carl's going to put there in the show notes. Contact your Parish Farm Bureau office. Become a member. On behalf of Andy Brown, Vincent, thank you so much for joining us. Vincent Canatella and Carl Wiggers, thank you so much for listening. And remember, if you're not at the table, you're on, on the menu. menu.